Ah, marital bliss. Socrates himself apparently once said, by all means, marry. If you get a good wife, you'll become happy. If you get a bad one, you'll become a philosopher. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. This is episode number 31. And today we're going to be talking about increasing our marital happiness. We've got some great research and lessons to share with you. So I hope you're not thinking this is going to be cheesy. No. No. But God gave us marriage for our blessing, and he wants it to be a place of joy and refreshment. But we're broken by sin, so we shouldn't have unrealistic expectations about marital bliss. But I think we should be cultivating happiness in our marriages. Amen. Yeah. So today we're going to give you three things that you can do or even start thinking about today that will impact your marital happiness. Yeah, so we don't want this to be abstract. No, this is like what you can do here and now and make a difference. That's right. And sometimes that is a mental shift Yeah, that you can make today. And other times, as we're going to see, it's just a difference in behavior. Yeah. Okay, so I found a 2003 American Psychological Association study or article by a person called Carney, who said that couples who stay happiest overall are the ones who change their beliefs about what is important in their relationships. So number one. Be willing to change your beliefs. Right. Now that's the mental shift one. Yeah, that sounds a little scary, hey? Why? Because what kind of beliefs are you talking about here? Like I'm going to go become a Muslim today? Yeah. No. So let's get to that. Okay. So, you know, marriage changes over time. People change over time. People in marriages change over time. And so there's... It's a bit of a moving target. The relationship is kind of a moving target, but I think that's a good thing. So you might love the fact that I'm a good dad now and that, so you as my wife, that pleases you. Yeah. You want to be married to a good dad, right? Yeah. But in the first year of our marriage, you would not have identified that as a significant source of marital happiness. Right. Because we didn't have any kids. Right. Because I wasn't a dad then. Yeah. But I think the point of this is, is to not live in the past. Because stuff changes. So you might have loved me as a non-father. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but now that I'm a father, there's different things. It's changed our marriage. It's changed our relationship. We have other things to consider. Other things that weigh on our minds that are important to us. You know what right. I mean? So those yeah. things have shifted and they've changed. Your belief about what's important has to shift too. So for example, at the start of marriage, there's a lot of freedom. Yeah. Like to travel, just like. You want to go out for ice cream, it's just like you drop everything and go, right? When you have kids, that becomes more of an ordeal. Right. Yes. Right. For sure. Because there's time and effort and invested in raising children. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying when I say not to live in the past. The belief about those values has to change. So where you valued my spontaneity as a non-father, I might not be able to express that the same as the father. Right. That okay? So if I can change and appreciate the new thing then I'm not going to resent that you're not as spontaneous as you were. That's right. So we're talking about flexibility. And God made our brains so that we can do this, right? So we don't want to think of our relationship as a stone monument in the sense that it, you know, unchanging, you know, it weathers all of the seasons of life. Maybe, you know, we should think of the covenant of marriage as that. But the, the characteristics, the qualities of each other are going to shift. It grows, it's going to change, and it's going to mature as we go through different phases of life. Okay, yeah. 
right? So, but here's the thing is like, often we go into marriage based on the assumption that nothing's going to change. But we all change. Right. Yeah. And secretly, we all, secretly, we all really desire to change our spouse too. <laughs> really? Yes. So you desire to change me. It's like the old joke about the, uh, the was it the bride or something who was all nervous? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, somebody told her, well, you just got to kind of do a mental thing where you focus, focus on the aisle. You got to get down the aisle and then you look ahead, you'll see the altar where you're going to stand. And then you, you see your bride and you just go down the altar or your, hu- your groom, go down the, the, the aisle saying, I'll alter him. I'll alter oh, him. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. So yeah. there is that kind of thing in there, but regardless of whether we want people to change it or supposed to change, we, we do change. We need to roll with that. And I think for Linda, we always need to think about bringing the best, our best to the marriage. And I think that's part of Ephesians 5, where it talks about Christ gave himself for the church. There's sacrifice in there. Yeah. And he gave himself, God's best, for us. So in our cases, people that sin, we need to be constantly, for example, putting that sin to death as a husband or as a wife, so that there's a constant freshness born from that redemption of our characters by the power of the gospel. Oh, okay. Making sense. So yeah. even that kind of ties back to the whole idea of marriage as a crucible for personal and spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. It's okay. going to catalyze change, right? Yeah. So I think we need to be able to and be willing to embrace it. Yeah. Well, what about even like, you know, our bodies are a little different than when we were 20. Yeah. When you're 30, when you're 40, like yep. that changes. It does. So you have to be willing to change your beliefs about the value of the perfect abdomen. Right. Yeah. For example. Yeah. So the marriages that stay happy by shifting beliefs, they also decide that whatever aspects of the marriage have declined must not be so important after all, which the physical is an example of that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So those changes in physique, maybe you just love that your spouse was a huge adventurer, but now it's more important for both of you to provide stability as you raise your children. That's more on the character side. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there was a ton of physical attraction and 40 years later, it's the quality of the character that you're attracted to. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So physically we change, right? Yeah. But the values need to shift and the beliefs need to shift as well. Okay. So that was my first one. Be willing to change your beliefs about what's important in our marriage. Yeah. I think it's a mental shift that we can all investigate today and start thinking about. Number two. Positivity is a fuel for happiness. Yeah. What? I just like positivity. You like positivity? Yeah. That was a very positive thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so a bunch of researchers published a study in 98 in the Journal of Family Violence comparing the perceptions of marital positivity between healthy couples, distressed couples, and distressed and aggressive couples. Okay, so we've got three types of couples. Yep. Happily married spouses engage in more frequent and special types of pleasurable communication. In plain English, you're saying nice things to each other. Okay. That are kind of tuned to the occasion, they're special, and they're more frequent. So we need to be deliberate. The lesson I take from that is to be deliberate about vocalizing or giving, putting words to and saying out loud to our spouse positive thoughts. That's going to increase marital happiness. What's something you can go home to your wife today or when your husband you go home to your husband or whatever the case might be, you can say something that's positive. Like a compliment? A compliment, gratitude, appreciation. Okay. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. Proverbs 17 and 22 says, a joyful heart is good medicine. 
So when you think about the stresses of daily life, we can provide joy to each other and, and that acts as healing. It's good medicine. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. So there's research and scripture going hand in hand there. Happily married spouses, here's another thing. Happily married spouses engage in higher quality spouse specific caring gestures. That's Okay. More plain English. That's uh psychobabble for I know what makes you happy and I yeah. aim specifically for achieving that. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I prefer cheesies over a chocolate bar. So you don't usually buy me a chocolate bar. You usually buy me a bag of oh, cheesies. Yeah. 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 I can cheer you up for a buck 25. <laughs> That's happiness on the cheap. Yeah. So we need to stop and think about what specific actions or gestures or things yep. that we can do to show we care. Absolutely. And do that today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is not theory anymore. What can you pick up husband on the way home or what can you do when you get home that just, you know, your wife loves make her day. Maybe it's a massage. Mm -hmm. Like Whatever. it doesn't have to cost any money. No. No, but it, it'll probably take a little bit of time. Yeah. And I think a good Bible verse that just goes hand in hand with this one too is Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise... Think about these things. And I'm going to say, In do these things to your spouse. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So I want to link in another study here that underscores the importance of gratitude to marriages because positivity is a fuel for happiness. Gratitude is part of that, right? Yeah. Also from 2011, published in a journal called Personality and Individual Differences. They looked at long-term marriages. So the mm -hmm. average length of the marriage in the study was 20.7 years. And they measured both felt and expressed gratitude as well as relationship satisfaction. So felt and expressed gratitude just means, am I feeling the thankfulness from you? Am I expressing the thankfulness toward you? Right. And they match that up with how satisfied am I with the relationship? And what they find? Just what you expect. More gratitude equals more marital satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But they also found something really neat. My felt gratitude is a predictor of your satisfaction. Of my satisfaction. Oh, Yeah. So stop and think about that. The the thankfulness that I feel, mm -hmm. like if I'm feeling thanked, that predicts your satisfaction with the marriage. So if I feel appreciated. I'm going to be happier. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's like the whole mirror neuron thing as a woo woo kind of stuff there, right? Yeah. But it tells me that there's, in that situation, there's positive mojo going on. Yeah. So if I, thank you, if I express my gratitude, that's going to make you feel. It's not actually what it's saying. <laughs> but then that your felt gratitude is a predictor of my satisfaction. So I don't feel more satisfaction because I tell you something and I'm thankful, but I feel the satisfaction because you feel good. Because I feel appreciated. That I was thankful. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. Huh. That's neat. But my expressing the gratitude mm -hmm. doesn't predict your satisfaction. So if I'm... No, but my expressing it makes you feel... <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Okay. My felt gratitude. Yeah. The gratitude I feel or the, and maybe a, a easier words, the appreciation I feel that predicts your satisfaction with the marriage. So I think we need to coach ourselves to feel thankful for our marriages. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when I have that, I'm calmer, I'm more relaxed and I'm more present in the marriage. And, and that, that's going to leave me a, more satisfied. Absolutely. That's an ingredient for intimacy. Huh? Makes sense. Yeah. So that one seems kind of backwards. That one seems kind of backwards, but it's it's really cool. 
So that was number two. Positivity is the fuel for happiness. Number three is if you're going to fight, what? I just think your finish is funny. Get in the ring and do it properly. (laughs) (laughs) That's like my brothers used to fight and my parents got sick of it. So they finally bought them boxing gloves and then they could just have at her. That's awesome. Because they weren't allowed to hit each other, right? In this way, they could box and do, Get I don't know, burn some productive. energy off. <laughs> Did your parents ever use it when you guys weren't looking? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. So, you know, this is a, this is a well sort of thing. If you're going to fight, get in the ring and do it properly. So I want to, let me just jump into this and then I'll qualify it a little bit. How's that? Okay. Okay. So from research published in 2011 about disengagement. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if either spouse was disengaged during a conflict, do I need to ban that? I just mean like they're not. They're not there. They're shutting down. Yep. They're not fully present for the other person. If they're disengaged, especially in the early years of marriage, the couple ended up experiencing their marriage as less trusting and intimate. So they were more maritally distressed overall. Hmm. So I think it's natural, Verlinda, for us in a fight to kind of pull back and check out. Because we don't really want to fight. Yeah. Or I don't want it to get out of control, especially men. Okay. Okay. And we don't you know, we just think fighting is not the right way to go. So, so we kind of pull back and we, we can avoid conflict, right? But conflict avoidance, they found, predicts greater marital distress. If you avoid the conflict, really? Yeah. Now, what happens is, now we're going to go, we actually, I don't want to get ahead of myself here because we got the next four episodes, we got a series on fighting, which I think I'm really excited about. But if if you're, one of the fighting styles is avoiding, okay? okay. The problem with avoiding over the long term is that avoiding can decrease your intimacy and your sense of connection. You can end up feeling lonely and isolated. Okay. Because you're you're avoiding the conflict. You're never really getting to the root of the issue. Yeah. Getting down into it, right? Yeah. So we want people to do that. The Bible says not to let the sun go down on your wrath. And I say, stay up and fight. What do you think? Ooh, to a certain extent. Like, I know me past 10 o'clock. I'm just going to dissolve in tears and we're not going to get anything resolved. Yeah. Because once I'm overtired, that's me gone. Yeah. That's uh, true. So maybe agree to fight the next day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. So you, you got to make it work for you, which yeah. we've learned to do. It took us a little while to figure that out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I just, where I'm going with this really, Verlinda, is if you're going to fight, get in the ring and do it properly, is that resolving conflict is critical. Yes, agreed. Okay. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to be talking about on the next few podcasts. You also will want to keep an eye out for our Talk To Me 101 e-course. We ran that as a three-session live webinar. But we're actually in the process of re-recording it as a course that you'll be able to purchase at onlyyouforever.com. So check that out because we teach you there how to communicate at that much deeper level in your marriage. And then we reveal exactly what you need to do to navigate through the tough issues, through the conflict that does come up. Right. Okay. So we can avoid confrontation because we're scared of anger maybe, or we're scared the outcome is going to be worse if we do argue. Right. Because we might lose it. And- yep. Or maybe, regret. I think for Linda, sometimes too, we can have kind of a martyr complex and we just tell ourselves to suck it up. It's not worth fighting about. Well, you start sucking up for years on end, you're going to build a lot of bitterness, yeah. frustration, resentment. And then yeah. your marital satisfaction is like down the tube. I think it's just excavating like a big chasm between the two of you. Yeah. But you, you might feel really safe, but you'll feel very alone. So Yeah, that's sad. It is. That's where I think today, you know, if we've been avoiding something and there's an elephant in the room. Let's go and have that conversation. Yep. Yeah. Start off gently. Or maybe like take the talk to one, talk to me one-on-one e-course and find out how to say this. Yeah. If you don't feel like you have the skills, these are skills you can learn. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is not magic. It's yeah. a real practice. Okay. So got those three things. Number one, be willing to change your beliefs about the positive aspects of your marriage. Number two, positivity is the fuel for happiness. Communicate your pleasure and show your care, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Number three, if you're going to fight, get in the ring and do it properly. Avoiding is not a great long-term strategy. Yeah. Okay. That wraps up our topic for today. But before you go, we do need your help. If you found this episode useful, can you help us spread the word so that we can reach and influence more marriages? There's a couple ways you can do that. The first is just the good old-fashioned word of mouth referral. Talk to other couples about what you've enjoyed on the Only You Forever podcast and help them get subscribed on their phones as well. Podcasting is uh, still a new technology to a lot of people. (laughs) Yep. And you can help them with that. Yeah. And you know what? If nobody comes to mind who you want to talk to right now, log into iTunes on your computer. Leave us a review because that helps raise our visibility inside iTunes so that we can reach others that way also. So we really do need your help with this. Your referrals and your recommendations are the only way that our podcast can reach more people. Yes. And on that note, we did have a five-star review, which was kind of special because it was all the way from New Zealand this week. Yeah. So that appreciated five stars by Mahanga4 or IV from New Zealand. I appreciate the faith approach, the contextual research and general grounded yet lighthearted where appropriate attitude you guys have towards challenges in relationships and the permanency of marriage. Keep up the good work. My wife and I both listen to every podcast together. That's awesome. That last sentence there just kind of ices the cake. Yeah. So we think that's great. And we take your hats off to you for being so intentional about your marriage and the commitment you both have. Thank you for your kind words, for taking the time to leave a review. And it really encourages us to keep doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And we pray that God will bless you all. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. How come I'm always way quieter than you? Like in the recording? Like in the recording? Yeah. Like, like I can, yeah. I can hardly hear myself. Like okay, when I'm doing the show notes. Yeah, I know. But even in the last one, it was really quiet. You move way back from your microphone. That's because you can hear me breathing and you don't like to hear me breathing. I never said that. I just tease you when you sit there and puff into your windscreen. (laughs) Okay, there's way too much stuff on your desk. What? I just think it's funny that you're... That you're uh, grumping a little bit. Right before our podcast on marital Marital happiness. (laughs) (laughs) This is one I need because I'm married to such a dork. Oh, yes. Indeed. Okay. There, can you hear me breathing? Barely. All right.